Our fifth and final scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. At the heart of the text that we just read is an eager anticipation of Jesus. And tonight we will look back at how people in that time were eagerly anticipating Jesus. And then we'll also consider if and how we should be eagerly anticipating Jesus. The short summary of this short message could be, remember Jesus' first coming and eagerly anticipate his second coming. And if you're worried about paying attention, maybe you can count the number of times I say eagerly anticipating and tell me afterwards, not you adults though. So who was eagerly anticipating Jesus in the passage that we just read? Well, in short, everyone. But first, Mary. Immediately before this passage, she had just received this miraculous, insanely surprising news that she was pregnant and would be pregnant by God. And she runs three to four days, no doubt in part to see if Gabriel's news about Elizabeth could be true because she wants to go visit Elizabeth. She's eagerly anticipating this news. Baby John is eagerly anticipating this news so much that six-month-old baby is leaping in Elizabeth's womb. Of course, Elizabeth is also eagerly anticipating. She feels baby John leaping in her womb, and then she is filled with the Holy Spirit and just lavishes praise. She kind of freaks out a little bit. The scripture says, she cried out in a loud voice, and then it lists like several whole sentences. So she's just kind of overwhelmed, excited, anticipating baby Jesus. But that's not all. God himself was eagerly anticipating Jesus. The Holy Spirit speaks through Elizabeth and works through baby John in her womb to express his excitement and eager anticipation for Jesus to come. Okay, so that's who, but why? Why were they all so excited about Jesus coming? Well, in short, Jesus was the fulfillment, the answer to all of God's promises. Prophets had been talking about this Messiah, this Jesus coming for hundreds of years, hundreds of years. And they were excited because this was finally happening. This person was finally coming. And not only was it a long time coming, but this Messiah, this this person coming, was coming to rescue them. This was God's rescuer. And he was going to take care of them. And for Elizabeth and Mary and baby John, they were going to have a part to play. Wow. But we've missed someone. God. Why was he excited? He didn't need to be rescued. He doesn't need to be rescued. Certainly not. 
God's excited in part because of what Peter tells us in his epistle, that all of heaven, the angels especially, are dying to look into the good news of the gospel. They want to know what it is because they know that the gospel is all about God's glory and there is nothing, nothing better than God getting glory. And so they want to know what's all this story about. And we could also say that basically why was God excited? Because he's going to show his people just how much, just how much he loves them. He was going to take on the life and the body of a human being and live the life of a human being to show how much he loves his people. Mary, baby John, and Elizabeth were excited to receive God's amazing good gift. And God was excited and eagerly anticipating Jesus because he would get to give his good gift. If that's not a Christmas message, that message, then I don't know what is. But that's a brief look about the excitement that they were experiencing then. Let's take a look at our situation in late November 2022. It's been over 2,000 years since baby Jesus has come. So should we be anticipating him eagerly? Eagerly anticipating, for those of you counting. Should we be? Well, yes, we should. Let's think about why and how as well. Uh, tonight, as you've heard, marks the first night of Advent. And so we'll spend the next four weeks looking forward to Christmas and traditionally and historically, though, we, we don't just look forward to what's now December 25th, Christmas. But Advent that we use in English is the same word in Greek that's used for the second coming of Jesus, the parousia of Jesus. And so Advent is meant for us to look back and remember Jesus' birth as a human, but also to remember the second coming, the second Advent, when he will come again. Remembering Jesus' first coming is super important. Don't want to downplay that. Because it reminds us of God's faithfulness. He has fulfilled his promises. It may have taken longer than we expected. And we may have doubted on our part. But that doesn't mean anything against God. He was faithful and he delivered. And so now because of that. We can trust him even more. And we're not just looking back to other, other ancient characters. Millennia ago. We're now living as our own characters. Looking forward to when he will come again. Like Mary and Elizabeth, Zechariah and the shepherds and the wise men. We're looking forward to Jesus. We're now looking forward to Jesus coming a second time. This time, not as a baby probably, as king with radiant light and maybe a sword coming out of his mouth. Okay, so we should be eagerly anticipating Jesus. That's what Advent is about. But are we? Maybe why not? Why are we not? If we're not, what gets in our way? Well, one possibility, maybe we don't anticipate God's things like we anticipate other things in our life. And I'm speaking to me, of course, just as much as anyone else, but for sporting events, for birthday parties, for holidays, for whatever else, we prepare weeks in advance. And this is good. I mean, with gifts, decorations, costumes, outfits, travel arrangements, all of this naturally wells up in us uh, eager anticipation and it charts a path for us to get really excited when that thing comes. And it's none of this is wrong or bad. It's, it's only natural, except that in contrast, we think that closeness with God or excitement for his redemptive work, what he's doing and will do, or a real trust in God's love and provision should just naturally and instantly take care of themselves. When in reality, 
we know better. Like any other thing we care about, eager anticipation normally only comes with good preparation. So the hard question we have to ask ourselves then is, do we care enough about the things of God to prepare ourselves to be eagerly anticipating his work? Oof. Are we eagerly anticipating Jesus? And if not, why not? It's important to ask. Okay, lastly then, how can we be eagerly anticipating Jesus? I must be at least over 15 times saying that. Hopefully someone's counting. Let me know afterwards. Elizabeth and Mary, in this short passage that we read, demonstrate at least one way that we could be eagerly anticipating Jesus. And for them, they lived as they waited. Neither one of them was caught sitting at home twiddling their thumbs. Elizabeth was faced with sadness. She was grieving that she couldn't have children. Mary was excitedly, probably, preparing for her wedding. And both of them were interrupted by what God had planned for them. Maybe one was more excited than the other to be interrupted. But they're both living as they were waiting. Neither one of them was sitting back waiting for Jesus to come. Oh, when's he coming? At the same time, neither one of them was living without waiting on God, without concerning for what God was doing. I mean, consider this. What if Mary had received the news that she was pregnant before she was married and she was not hoping and waiting on God? Maybe bad enough today, but in those days, that could get you killed. And yet, Mary's faith in God, her waiting on his rescue plan, which Elizabeth praises her for specifically in verse 45, is a textbook example for us to follow. And it's great evidence that Mary was living only while she was also waiting on God. Neither despairing of her hardships, like Elizabeth was not, nor insisting on God's blessings, like Mary was not. And so we too can eagerly anticipate Jesus by following their example, by living as we wait. Neither despairing of our hardships, nor insisting on more blessings, from God. We are in our own season of Advent. Christmas is coming soon and Jesus is coming back. We remember the eager anticipation of Mary, Elizabeth, baby John, everyone. But we must not stop at remembering Jesus' first coming. Let us join with all of creation as Romans 8, Romans 8 tells us and also look forward to when Jesus is coming back during this season of Advent. Let's look forward to that as well. Pray with me. God, you know our hearts. You know right where we are. And you love us fully, perfectly, completely, right as we are and right where we are. And yet you call us by your grace and in your love to know your love more, that we would live differently and look forward even more to your return. God, please accomplish this in us, for us. We are weak and cannot make ourselves eagerly anticipate you anymore on our own. Have your way with us, God, for our good and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.